People ask me how old I was. First time I had a gun pointed at me. Well, I was 17, probably. And the reason why is because a guy wanted to kill me. Took me out in the middle of the country and decided he was going to shoot me in the head because what he thought was I had took his woman and she had died in the meantime of natural causes. Actually, it was carbon monoxide poisoning, not really natural causes, but so I had nothing to do with nobody except for she was my girlfriend after she was his. Therefore, he figured I took her away. I'm high school. <laughs> was I thinking about taking anybody's girlfriend? No. It doesn't even make any sense. But anyway, so he drives me out in the middle of the country, telling me we're going to get high, and instead he decides he's going to kill me. Well, that was the first time I had to talk myself out of getting shot. But it wouldn't be the last that was at 17. By the time I was 18, we missed death by about one day and 150 miles. How did that happen? Because we, me and my brother, decided not to go to the Texas Jam with some good friends of ours. And on the way back from the Texas Jam, they had a car wreck and killed all four people in the car. So, as you can well imagine, that's what started our world off into the craziness that was called drug dealing and just the path that says, hey, how do we kill ourselves as a young age so we don't have to die of natural causes? We'll just party so hard that we die that way. So, when did I die? Yeah, I was about 23 when I finally died. No, no, I came back to life, as you can see or here i am right here talking to you so evidently i'm still alive <laughs> what the deal was well actually it's kind of a long story but i'll tell it anyway i'll, I'll condense it i somehow got involved with a guy that was a good friend of mine and he wanted me to get him some thc which we now call pcp we called it t but we couldn't get it at the time, so I sold him 300 hits of acid. Well, it wasn't just him. When I met him to give him the acid, there was about 15 police officers there. Of course, I didn't know they were police at the time until I handed him the acid and guns came out everywhere, and I had to say, hey, you might want to take this gun out of my pocket. And, you know, normal George Floyd pattern... <laughs> Throwed on the ground, stepped on, kicked, and all that stuff. But, you know, I made it through that. But anyway, so after, well, truthfully, after about paying $10,000, it kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. You could do that in the 80s. You can't really do that now. But we won't mention any names. But in the meantime, while I was waiting to go to trial, I mean, it was bad enough that I had to... I was on my motorcycle wearing shorts in the 80s, which if everybody knows what men wore in the 80s, it looks like what women wear now <laughs> as Daisy Dupes. So yeah, men wore that. 
with biker pants and no shirt on. Biker pants, biker boots, little bitty short shorts, and no shirt. I go to freaking county jail. <laughs> yep, it looked like the YAMCA. <laughs> I think I was, was I the biker or the construction guy? I really don't know. But anyway, that was no fun going to jail just like that. But they did let me go. And in the meantime, I'm waiting, you know, I'm trying to get the $10,000 it's going to cost to get us out of this trouble. And um, I decided I didn't want to live anymore. So I took 13 quaaludes. I think I took the magic 13 number. I think 12 would have killed me. I don't know. But anyway, by the 13th quaalude, by the time I got the 13th gigantic-ass quaalude down, which were huge at the time, they still are, I guess, if they made them, but I could see my friend coming. And uh, we was in Brookwood Village, actually, if some of you people might know where that's at. Anyway, I could see my friend coming, so I climbed up in a tree so he couldn't find me. There's only one damn tree. <laughs> so obviously he found me. So what I remember was him saying, hey, come down from there, and then I fell out of the tree. I woke up three days later. I'd been dead for three to four minutes. Nobody really ever told me. You'd have to ask him, which he's dead now, so it's going to be hard to ask him. My mother was there, but she wouldn't remember, I'm sure. But anyway... So I woke up, three days later, there's tubes coming out of my nose, tubes coming out of my mouth, tubes coming out of other places where you don't want to hear about. None of them were comfortable. I was tied down like I was a rabid dog because, you know, supposedly I'm trying to kill myself, which I was. So they figured out suicide on suicide watch. So finally I, I talked them into taking off the restraints, pulling that thing out of my unmentionable. And then you think that hurt? Oh my God, that did hurt. But you should never want to have tubes pulled out of your nose and out of your mouth. Oh my God, it hurt. But anyway, that was the first time that I OD. Second time I OD was a little further in life. And uh, we'll get to it sooner or later. I did not die, though, so I'm doing pretty good. So anyway, I'm now like 22, 23 years old. We're now bringing in three-quarters of the drugs for the city we lived in, probably. And was working for the Mexican cartel. Pretty soon, by the time I was 24, 25, we're working for the Mexican cartel. What goes on there only gets crazier and crazier. So what they would do, they would bring all the cocaine, the mandrex, and the pot. Not all of it, most of it. And then we would distribute it. But they gave me a guy to keep track of me. Unfortunately for them, that guy wasn't the most honest Mexican cartel guy you could imagine. So, therefore, me and him had a side hustle where we would go down to Mexico and bring up our own marijuana, which you've all heard stories of me dropping stuff off, them getting arrested, thrown out in the field, thrown out on the grass naked. <laughs> That's another long story you don't want to hear about. 
But the story I will tell you about is how we got rid of the Mexican cartel. Well, I had gotten a fight that it was so bad I was bleeding out of my ear. I had a seizure or two, and somehow the Mexican cartel got me on a plane and got me to Mexico so they could bring me back to life, I guess, keep me, uh, you know, get my health back. So I had broken ribs, I had broken nose, blood coming out of my ears, having seizures. So I wake up, and we're on South Padre Island, and I had evidently been taking Valiums for about two weeks. I don't know how I got there. I don't remember a flight. I asked them how we got there, and they said, we brought you. That's all I knew. So as I got feeling better and the, the ribs healed, we decided to, you know, come back to Oklahoma. And when we got back, they had dropped off a bunch of drugs to one of the guys that lived with me. Well, he wasn't the smartest tool in the shed, but he was the craziest tool that we had if we needed someone for that. He was the one we used. Anyway, they had dropped him off a bunch of Mandrex, Mexican Quaaludes, and he had just partied on it. So what they wanted to do was kill him for it. They figure they'd come to my house and kill him, but he wasn't there. So they took all our drugs and was hiding out in this hotel. And so me and the dude's cousin decided, well, we'd go there and we'd, you know, work it out. So we kind of kick in the door, guns a-blazing. We weren't too worried because we had cars posted out all around the hotel with AK-47s and such. Because Ari told them if they hear a gunshot to fire into the room and then I'll duck and we'll crawl out. Very smart plan, wasn't it? I mean, that I tell you, we're like 23, 24 now. So anyway, we bust in the door and we got our guns out. And we're like, you owe us drugs. About that time, six other Mexicans pull out their guns and it's just a bunch of freaking clicks click click boom that's all you ever hear is click click there's no boom i'm sorry so anyway we got really nice really fast and decided well we're gonna have to work this out we talked and we told them look you know you shouldn't have left that with somebody that i didn't okay for them to do and it's not that much money we didn't you know they shouldn't kill him blah 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 and then we want back what they stole, minus what he owed. So they said, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So they sent my buddy and, and one of them, another guy, to go pick up the money because it was inside of their car that was parked down the way. So as they're gone, we look out, and there's a cop outside. Right out in front of the hotel room, there's a cop, and he's talking to my buddy and the other guy. Mexican, which couldn't speak English anyway. <laughs> so me and the other guys in the hotel was like, oh, man, we got to, like, you know, get this shit together. So everybody's throwing away dope and <laughs> hiding guns and all that jazz. And so I just wrapped my gun up in my... Oh, I forgot to tell you, they, the cop just drove off. But still, we panic, you know. The cop just drives off, says nothing, you know, talks to him for a few seconds and drives off. So I just wrap my gun in my coat and just walk out the door. 
we go get on our motorcycles and you know a few seconds later we're, we're putting the guns up in the motorcycle saddlebags and stuff and putting our dope up and the freaking here comes the mexican cartel and the little low rider you know and they're waving like it's nothing the convertible top was down it was just you know everything was good we never seen them again but there's a reason for that because two weeks later the same guy they wanted to kill got brought in for questioning for something. I don't even know what it was. I don't remember. It's been too long ago. And the FBI showed him pictures of me coming out of that hotel room with a gun in my hand. And they're like, you know this guy? They call him my nickname. They gave him my nickname because they didn't know my last name, which was, you know, really shows how slick we was, I guess, or stupid. So, what the deal was is those people were being investigated for five murders and they had been filmed. And it, well, back then it would have probably been more like just taking pictures because, you know, we didn't have very good video cameras. But anyway, they had pictures of me coming out of the hotel room and they were under investigation for five murders. But that was the last time we ever heard from the Mexican cartel in our part of town. Rumor is they didn't make it very long. That by the time they got back to Mexico, you know, once you, I guess people can kind of understand once they're under investigation, there's not much use for them. So, therefore, nobody knew who we were except for these guys. And if they're gone, we're out of the woods. Did that help me? No. That just made me think I was smarter than everybody else. So the next story I'm not going to do right now because it's how I went to prison. It's how I OD'd again. It was how I end up living in a call girl service house. It, it just gets weird from there. So I'm going to leave this story the way it is. And we will talk another time.